This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, December 22nd, 2013. All I want for Christmas, what the visitors wanted. Well, good morning, Connection Community Church. We are so glad that you're here right at Reading Middle School. It's beginning to feel like home. We've been here a number of times now. And I just need to know, are you all out there? Okay, because that light in my face, I can hardly see you. And thank you for sitting up front because it helps me see people. Very good. So um, if you're here on uh, tomorrow night or Tuesday night, if you really want to, like, support the, my preaching, sit up front so I can see you because it really helps. <laughs> my name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. With um, the way that you've uh, just created the day to be unique and special, you have a purpose and plan for each one of us. And it's no accident that any one of us are here. So I would ask for you to settle us in, open our hearts so that we might receive whatever it is that you have in store for each one of us. We thank you and praise you this day and all days. I pray this in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered said, Amen. All I want for Christmas, um, over the past three weeks we've considered what a lot of different people wanted for Christmas 2,000 years ago, from the everyday people to the leaders, both religious and political, to the family, including uh, Jesus' mom and dad and even cousin Elizabeth. Today, today our focus is on the visitors, those people who came to visit when Jesus was born or shortly thereafter. Now, before we talk about those who did visit, let's talk about uh, those who didn't. Because when we talk about the birth of Jesus, we are talking about the most significant event in all of human history. Did you hear me say that? When we're talking about the birth of Jesus Christ, we are talking about the most significant event in the history of humankind. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing to think. And here's why we say this. When you think about the history timeline Everything in history is marked by the birth of Jesus. Everything that happened before Christ is B.C., before Christ. Everything that happened after Christ, A.D., Anno Domini or Domini, that means, you know, in the year of our Lord. So even people who are not Christ followers, their calendar, their timeline is still based on the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. Most significant event in the history of humankind. Isn't it incredible that that event was so low-key when it happened? There wasn't a single politician there with a button, shaking hands, you know, getting to know people. In fact, the big dog, Caesar Augustus, most likely didn't even know what was happening. No other heads of state arrived in the, their limos to pay honor to the one at the center of this world-changing event. There was no press, no paparazzi there. 
Neither Good Morning America, nor the Today Show, nor CBS This Morning were there to cover the story. It wasn't on, on the cover of Time, Newsweek, it didn't even make People magazine. In fact, I find it incredible how much hoopla we have around Christmas today, considering how little there was at the time of the birth of Jesus Christ. With all the Christmas festivities, it's important for us to remember what the celebration is all about and how very simple it was at the beginning. We're reminded here of that most famous question from Charlie Brown, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And Linus's reply. Yeah, yeah. What a classic, classic TV. Just kind of gets you right here, doesn't it? Well, the only visitors there to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ were a group of shepherds who were out in a field one night. They were watching their flocks, and God sent this host, this heavenly host of angels to tell them the good news. Can you just imagine being in a field that night and seeing that star show in the air with angels announcing a life-changing, world-changing event? Well, we know how truly important it was to the shepherds because here's what they did. They left their sheep. Now, shepherds don't leave their sheep. That's their livelihood. They cared for their sheep. And so they left their sheep. They knew how important this was to go meet the baby Jesus. Yeah, shepherds were the visitors. Shepherds, very, very, very low on the socioeconomic ladder of the time, shepherds. And yet they were the visitors to the manger. They were the visitors to this world-changing event. Here's how pastoral counselor Reverend Dr. Wesley Eads tells it. He says this, he says, it seems to me that God has never had much of a flair for marketing. The biggest announcement since Let There Be Light takes place in some field in the middle of the night in front of a few filthy men who are probably doing the only job available to them. What kind of a way is that to kick off the redemption of humanity? Have you met any shepherds? I haven't. I've seen some pictures, perhaps spent a few minutes with a PBS documentary, Shepherding a Lost Art. I think we've got one of those precious moments Christmas tree ornaments that's a shepherd, but I've never been around a real one. I can imagine they're pretty regular folks with dirty boots. The shepherds in the field who first heard of Jesus' birth were not regular folks. 
They were regular outcasts. To put it mildly, no one thought highly of shepherds. The nature of their work meant that they were never able to observe the religious rituals of the time, which meant that they were always ceremonial, ceremonially unclean. And you can bet they were unclean in more ways than just ceremonially. Some decent folks would have preferred that the shepherds just stay out on the hillside, out of sight and out of mind. Would you say the last line with me, please? And yet, the shepherds are the first to hear the announcement. And yet, the shepherds are the first to hear the announcement. And the question would be, why? Why? Well, it's a real simple answer. It's because Jesus came for the shepherds of the world. He came for those who are less than, those who are non-clean, who were on the outside looking in. Jesus came for the ones who people had written off, who people, uh, people who were considered unworthy. He came for the ones who were to be not seen and not heard. That Jesus sent the angels to the shepherds and that they were the first on the scene to visit the newborn Jesus in the manger speaks absolute volumes about Jesus Christ and why he came. We're reminded of something he himself said later on during his three years of earthly ministry. Luke shares this with us. Jesus answers them, is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. Sinners to repentance. That's me. That's all of us. And so this announcement to the shepherds and their visit to the manger really functions as a foreshadowing of what we can expect later. Like this, like Jesus inviting a tax collector named Matthew to be in his inner circle, to be one of his 12 disciples. Matthew was a tax collector. He was an outcast. He was not liked. Tax collectors really were considered dishonest. Many of them were very dishonest and they cheated people in order to make money. Well, Matthew not only became a disciple, but he has a book in the Bible. He is one of the four Gospels. Those are the stories about Jesus. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew's the very first one and tells so much of the story and the ministry of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Or how about the story of the man with leprosy we read about in that book of Matthew? Lepers, like shepherds, like tax collectors, were social outcasts, considered unclean, in their case, untouchable. And this man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus simply reached out his hand and did the unthinkable. He touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And the man was immediately cured of his leprosy. Over and over and over we see this in Scripture. We see where Jesus reaches out to those on the edge, those on the fringe, those who don't feel worthy, those who feel less than. 
And there are a lot of stories included in the Bible about these people that Jesus reaches out to. And there are many, many more stories that we don't know about because not every single detail of Jesus's ministry is included in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Can you just imagine how many people Jesus touched who were on the outs? How absolutely appropriate it was that the shepherds be the first one on the scene to meet the Christ child. You know, the shepherds were Jews, so they knew the prophecies of the coming Messiah. And yet they, they never in their wildest, wildest, wildest dreams would have thought the possibility that they might see that newborn baby. That was just would have been absolutely far-fetched for them. But, but once they received that news, once they were on the receiving end of that angelic hallelujah chorus out there in the middle of that field, as Luke tells us and as Linus shared with us a few minutes ago, um, once they saw that and the angel shared with them the good news of great joy, all they wanted that Christmas was to go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Just mm -hmm. what they said. And then once they'd seen that newborn baby, once they'd shared in that good news, all they wanted that first Christmas was to share what they'd seen with the world. Again, what Luke shares with us, when they had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And so the shepherds were the first visitors to the manger, to the baby Jesus. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, there were some other visitors. We read about that in Scripture, and some of those vid visitors were the magi, the wise men, you know, we three kings that we just sang about. Um, while the shepherds were at the bottom of the socioeconomic order, it would seem that the magi or these wise men were on the other end of the spectrum. They were, they were scholars. They were priests, perhaps, of the ancient Persian religion known as Zoroastrianism. That's say that fast three times, Zoroastrianism. I'll let you do it. Yeah. Their religious practices would have included studying the stars. And so they kept a close eye on the sky, on the heavens, and they were very aware of the star prophecy that is found in the beginning of the Bible in, in a book called Numbers. And in Numbers 24, verse 17a, we read, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. That's where Jesus was born, house of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And so unlike the shepherds who were locals, these men, these wise men, traveled a great distance to pay homage, to worship Jesus. We, we don't know exactly where they came from. We're simply told they were magi from the east. The east could be India or even China, but it's most likely that these men were from Persia, because that word magi we find in another place in Scripture in a story about Daniel that takes place in that region of the world, the per region of Persia. That would mean they traveled maybe, give or take, 800 or so miles. 
That's quite a, quite, a, quite a journey to see a baby, wouldn't you say? But see, they knew the baby was different. They knew, they knew the baby was special. They knew this baby was worth traveling to see and even to worship. And so on one hand, we have the Magi, and on the other hand, the shepherds, both very different people groups. Yet they shared one thing. They shared a desire to be at the scene with Jesus, the Son of God. And they too, these magi, wanted to see the one who had been promised for so long. They were aware of the prophecies, those things foretold that there would be a son come, that there would be a Messiah born king of the Jews. And so what they did was they, they followed the star. They came. Here's what Matthew tells us in chapter 2, verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hmm. So this is incredible. These foreign visitors worship this child. But more than that, they offer this child very, very expensive, valuable gifts. Gifts that are not just expensive, but also prophetic in nature. Gold would be the gift fit for a king. In this case, the king of the Jews. Both frankincense and myrrh were very expensive uh, fragrances derived from uh, uh, resins from a tree, and, and they had a, an awesome fragrance that was uh, used. In the case of frankincense, they always bur often burned it as incense during services of worship. Here, a foreshadowing of Christ as the priest as the, as the, uh, of the people. Myrrh often used for burials, a foreshadowing of Jesus' future death on the cross burial in a, in a borrowed tomb. The Magi then not only worshipped this child, but they brought valuable and prophetic gifts to the Son of God. So we've shared a lot about shepherds. We've told you about the Magi. And it always comes down to this question. What about you? How does this relate to your life? How does this make a difference? Our theme for this month of December, for this Advent Christmas season is all I want for Christmas. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? When the angel shared the good news to the shepherds out in the field, I love this part because three times, and when we read about three times in the Bible, that means it's like really important. Three times the angel said directly to the shepherds, they use this word, you. I bring you good tidings of great joy. For unto you is born this day a child. And this shall be a sign to you. It's about you. It's all about you, you, you. The one born that morning 2,000 years ago is all about you. You see, Jesus came for you. You are the reason why Jesus came into this world. I am so thankful 
that Jesus came into this world for you and for me. And if we were the only ones here on earth, we've said this a number of times, if we were the only person on the planet, Jesus still would have come for you. Once the shepherds learned the good news of the great joy, they couldn't wait to share that good news with everybody they saw or came in contact with. So what about you? Are you excited to spread the good news about this child to all you see? Are you willing to tell all you know? How many of you shared maybe one of those little postcards and invited somebody here tomorrow or Tuesday night in order to help share with them the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ? Are you excited about Christmas? Not because of what you're going to get or even what you're going to give, but because of what you receive in terms of the Son of the Most High God? Are you like the Magi, willing to travel great distances, if that's what it would take, to worship this child born in a manger in the city of David, offering him great gifts? Maybe not gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but offering him what you have, all that you have, all that you are, maybe offering him your very life. Or you like the Magi. Remember, Jesus came here for you. You, 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 you. He came for all of us, for all people, from the shepherds to the Magi, from the locals to the foreigners, from the outcasts to the kings, from those who have known him for a really long time to those who aren't there yet. You know, we celebrate the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem because it brings new birth to us. Mm. It brings us a fresh start, allowing us to have that personal relationship with God, <clears throat> forgiveness and freedom from all that we've done. That's what salvation is all about. That's what this birth of the Son of God, Jesus the Christ, is all about salvation for each and every one of us, salvation for all. What is it that you want this Christmas? Would you pray with us, please? God, when I think about how you knew we were just so lost that you needed to come in the person of Jesus Christ, knowing what was going to ultimately happen, it just boggles my mind, and I feel so grateful. Because of your son Jesus, when we feel alone, we're never really alone, because you are there. Because of Jesus, when there's great darkness in our life, it is never totally dark, because you are the light of the world. Because of Jesus, when we feel like all options are done, there's nothing else, it's because of you we can have hope of a new day. The sun keeps coming up. The S-O-N keeps showing up. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving each one of us. We are messed up people. 
without you. We're messed up anyway, Lord. We make bad decisions. I say wrong things. I hurt people's feelings. We all do these kinds of things. And Lord, because of you, you can take us and love on us. And when we cry out to you and just say, I'm sorry, God, you forgive us. And we're washed clean. That's because you are the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, God of all creation. We thank you. We pray this in the name of the Father, his Son, Jesus the Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.